Hey, don't you just love this time of the year? I mean, it's like, oh, wow, here we are. We are so excited. There's graduations. There's vacations. There's traveling. I love this time of the year. In fact, I heard about this couple. They were traveling on a vacation. They were on their way to another state, and they stopped at a restaurant to get a bite to eat. And in the process of getting a bite to eat, they enjoyed their meal. They get on the road. 45 minutes later, all of a sudden, the wife's like, oh, my goodness, honey, I forgot my glasses. So he turns around with a number of words. Uh, He lets loose. He's telling her how forgetful she is, what a short mind memory she has. And on and on for the next 45 minutes, he let her have it. When she gets out of the car, hanging her head, totally ashamed, ready to go into the restaurant to get her glasses back, he rolls down the window and he says, "Uh, since you need to go in anyway to get your glasses, would you grab my credit card and my hat, please? How many know we need God's grace and mercy every day of our life? So it's good, like Amy said, not to judge and so, except for ourselves. Hey, you know what? I'm super, super excited to have all those that are joining us online. Thank you so much. We are so grateful to have you with us today. Today, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to open up to John chapter 15 with me. John chapter 15. Jesus says in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He goes on to say, listen, if you are a branch that's producing fruit, you're going to be pruned. If you're a branch that's not producing fruit, you could be cut off eventually if you stop producing fruit. So he goes on to say a lot of wonderful things in this amazing parable. In fact, he says, this is where you're going to have joy. If you abide in my words, you've already been cleansed. So he's saying these words, listen, this is the most important thing, remain in love. Continue to remain in love. And this is one of the most important things we can do and to recognize. So in this parable, I'm just saying it real quick because I want you to understand something different is about to happen today for you. This is your time. This is your day. This is your victory. But I want you to understand the true vine is Jesus Christ. He is our source and the vine dresser or the gardener is God. There's a lot of things that this parable depicts, and it's so awesome because if you look at it, you can see chain of command. You can see also the concept of prayers being answered in this. He says, if you ask anything in my name, it will be done. And then he also says, if you want to have joy, remain in me. So he tells us a number of things that we can receive. This parable covers it, and I love that. And there's two things, though, that we need to really recognize, not just to mention that we're like the branch. I mean, isn't that a kicker? Think about it. Has everybody called you a branch? I mean, I'm calling you a branch today because Jesus is calling you a branch. But that's not a bad thing. So listen, there's two things we need to recognize in this scripture. There's two things that Jesus really wants us to understand very clearly. Number one, God is our gardener. In other words, he's the conductor of business. He is our protection. He is our provision. He is our joy. He is our healer. He is our love. He is our everything. And Jesus is the source to our everything. So Jesus is the source. He is the vine to the vine dresser who has everything, including our eternal salvation. Jesus is the source. So my question to you is, who is your source today? What's his name? I don't think I heard you. What's his name? Who's your source? Who's your daddy? (laughs) God the Father. I had to throw that one in there to see if you're on your toes. Source, that means a person, a place, or a thing, you know, that has either about to give you something or has already obtained something for you. That's really what the word source means. So this is why it's vital to remember. It is so vital, so crucial to remember that 
you are not trying to attain something. You are trying to maintain something that Jesus has already obtained. Jesus is our source to everything in life. Everything that you'll ever need in life. He is your everything. He is a source to your everything. Now, source versus a resource, this is where people get tripped up. Because so many times people look to a person, a place, or thing, and they get their eyes on somebody or something. Maybe it's a contract. Maybe it's a paycheck. Maybe it's something else. But oftentimes people will put their eyes on something, which is a resource. Now, God tells us that he is everything. Jesus is the source to everything. To the Father himself. Now we've got to make sure we don't get tripped up in this and start putting our eyes on something, a person or a place or a thing, because that is a resource. We can be grateful for the resources in our life, don't get me wrong, but if a contract runs out, God's always got another contract. Amen? You never have to be discouraged. And this is where people fall short because they start looking at a person, place, or thing outside of Jesus, that is. And they begin to focus their attention on that thing. And they always will lead to a moment of disappointment or discouragement because no thing or person outside of Jesus can lead to anything. Now, God may choose to use them as a resource at times in our life. But if we get our eyes focused on that person, place, or thing, it will run dry. And so Jesus gives us great illustration. At one point, he says these words when the disciples come to him and say, Jesus, do we pay taxes? Because they're being questioned. Do we pay taxes or not? So Jesus says, well, let me ask you a question. If you were a king's son, in which you are, if you were a king's son, who would pay the taxes? The sons or the strangers? And they're like, well, the strangers, of course. And he said, you've answered right, and that's correct. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go fishing, Peter. And the first fish that you pull up, there's going to be a gold coin in its mouth. Take that coin and go pay taxes on our behalf. In other words, I am the source to everything, but I can use anything I want to be a resource, including fish. So Jesus is the reminder to us today that he is the source to our everything. And if you get your attention on anything outside of Jesus, you are going to live a very disappointed life and a very discouraged life. There are things that we can be addicted to. There's nothing wrong with addictions. I want to paint a positive picture because if you're addicted to Jesus, then you're going to be well in your future. But there are two things that we really need while we're here on earth. It's love. We must be consumed in love. And we're going to need food. Now, isn't this interesting? Because I want to talk about addictions for just a moment. Because a lot of times, what an addiction is, is a distorted form of either love or some type of food. So, for example, um, if we can get to the root of why we choose what we do in life, we can make better choices in life. Amen? Amen? So if you're at the end of yourself and you're feeling discouraged, growing weary, or you're having a hurtful moment because of a relationship situation in your life, the natural tendency is to turn to some type of distorted, for example, food or distorted form of love. So you're going to need love while you're here. You're going to need food while you're here. 
Nothing wrong with that. But why do so many times people, let's just say, let's break it down because I want to make sure that most people, because they immediately start thinking, well, marijuana, drugs, alcoholism. Let's just take a moment. Why do we choose certain distorted forms of food, for example? You know, we know we have a choice of fruit and vegetables, but we choose processed foods instead. Pop-Tarts or whatever it is. It's going to get real quiet because I'm going to touch on all Because a lot of people, don't take my Pop-Tarts away from me. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. But why do we choose? If we could come to the end of ourselves and realize, why am I choosing this over this when I know I should be eating this? Because I'll feel better the next day, 24 hours after whatever I ate. I'm going to feel that way. But why am I choosing some type of distorted food that's not even good for me over something that would be good for me? And we're all there. So that's why I'm touching on it because I know I'm preaching to the choir right now. Every one of us have taken some distorted food at some point in our life. I'm not here to condemn. I'm just here to help bring good news to you so that you can come to the end of yourself and say, why am I choosing this over this? Why am I choosing a bad choice over a better choice in life? And if you can come to the end of yourself and realize, wait a minute, I'm choosing this because I feel really hurt in my relationship right now. Or I'm choosing this because I've got a broken heart. Or I'm choosing this because I'm starting to feel grow. I feel like I'm growing weary. I'm getting discouraged. I'm choosing this because of whatever. And that's why I'm turning to the bad choice versus the good choice in life. And if you can come to recognize why you're choosing what you're choosing and come to the place where you start feeding the tree, as Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Carolyn Leaf talks about, that it takes, uh, listen, a three-time cycle of 21 days to change the way we think. So if we keep feeding the bad tree in life, the bad things in life, we're going to start keep craving the bad things in life. Make sense? But if you start feeding the good tree of life, that produces life and life more abundantly, you're going to eventually, after 21 days, you may need to do this three cycles in a row, which would be 63 days. But if you keep choosing the good things in life, you're going to start craving the good things. Your brain starts rewiring and starts doing things differently. Now, I'm going to get a little bit more hardcore because I feel like I need to address this somehow because sometimes people, when they get saved, they want to know, can I still uh, smoke weed, pastor, and love Jesus? Can I keep drinking, getting drunk, and still love Jesus? Now, let me ask you the question, why are you choosing to smoke weed or smoke pot? Because I've had this conversation over and over. I had this conversation in the last month with someone who said, I love Jesus, but I love my weed too. Like, listen, you need to understand why are you choosing weed? Now, let me take you back. The reason why people choose marijuana or some type of a drug is there's a reason for it. And we need to get to the end of ourselves to realize why are we choosing the bad things over the good things in life? Because most of the times, if we're really super honest with ourselves, it's because we're either feeling hurt or discouraged in some way, shape, or form. We're growing weary or we have, are going through something tough in life. And so we turn to something that will kind of relieve the pressure, relieve the stress. And so we turn to some kind of distorted form of love, including pornography. So people choose certain things because they feel like this is what's going to help me feel better. So I'm going to start looking for love in all the wrong places. Or I'm going to start smoking weed so I feel better about myself because I know it takes away the pressure of what I'm going through. Here's the reason why it takes away the pressure. Back in 1940s and 1950s, there is a part of your brain, at the front of your brain, it's called the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is really what separates us from the animal kingdom. 
And the prefrontal cortex, what that does is it allows you to plan and to think forward into your future. Now, back in the 1940s and 50s, surgeons at that time, because of people dealing with anxiety and pressure, um, what they would do is they'd actually cut the wires to the prefrontal cortex. What they didn't know, the ramifications, now it calmed the person immediately. They all of a sudden were so calm, and that's what marijuana does, just so you know that. And I'm not just touching on marijuana. I'm talking about drugs in general, because it needs to go out there today. You need to be aware of why we are choosing what we're choosing. Why do people choose drugs, alcoholism, or some type of distorted food or love? Why are we choosing it? It's because, bottom line, if we're really, again, honest with ourselves, we're feeling discouraged, we're feeling unloved somehow, some way, shape, or form, but that's because we haven't been putting our eyes on Jesus. We've been putting our eyes on someone, something, or some place, thinking that would resolve how I feel and it'll make me feel better. But it doesn't, does it? It leaves you empty at the end of the day. Jesus may use resources in our life to meet and minister to us at that time, but he's ultimately the source behind the resources. So when marijuana, or they cut the prefrontal cortex, what happened is the people could no longer think about tomorrow. In fact, when they started asking these patients, they started asking these questions like, what are you going to do tomorrow? There would be a blank look on their eyes because they couldn't understand tomorrow. What are you gonna, where are you going to go on vacation? A blank look would come over their eyes. They couldn't understand it. You know what marijuana does? It does the exact same thing. It calms a person, doesn't it? Some of you uh, weed smokers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Not here in church. I'm sure it's somebody online, but... <laughs> It calms a person, doesn't it? It calms them. But what it's doing in the same time is it's damaging the prefrontal cortex so you can no longer think ahead and plan ahead and visualize your future. It calms the anxiety. It calms the depression. And it's being released all throughout America. States are legalizing it. But what they're not telling you is it is damaging the part that separates you from the animal kingdom. So you can't visualize anymore and you can't even think about tomorrow. And that's why they struggle thinking about their future finances. That's why they can't think about tomorrow and planning for tomorrow because they no longer have that ability to think about tomorrow because their prefrontal cortex has been damaged. Now, thank God the brain can get healed because we have a healer in the house today. But if you're married to a spouse or you've got a child that just doesn't even think about tomorrow, doesn't plan for tomorrow, it could be because one of the first things you need to check on is are they smoking weed? Because it is damaging their future thinking and their ability to visualize for tomorrow. And that same gift that God has given us, the enemy tries to thwart it and use against us by causing us to think about, oh no, how am I going to do this? How am I going to plan for my future? And that's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. It doesn't mean don't think and don't plan for tomorrow. He just simply said, don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, God has everything under control. All you need to do is stay connected to me. The vine and the branches will produce the fruit that it needs to produce automatically. If you stay connected to me, you can do all things. Outside of me, you can do nothing. And the reason why you're in worry or fear or having anxiety about the future is because you're looking to something, someone, or someplace rather than me, who's the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus, the great I am, the great physician, the one who can take care of you because he is loaded, connected to everything, our Father, and can provide anything that you need. 
So stay connected to the vine and you'll have everything you'll ever need and want and you'll flourish and thrive because God is the gardener. He is the one who takes good care of us. And so we need to come to the end of ourselves and say, why am I feeling this way? Why am I choosing bad choices over good choices? And if we can make a choice, your choices can actually help lead to your freedom. When you make a decision to say, I'm turning to Jesus rather than the things that may have been used at one time to help you, medically speaking, I understand that some medicines and medications can help you, but if you start depending on something in life rather than the someone, and his name is Jesus, it will lead to disappointment and discouragement, and it could affect your ways of thinking for the future, which is putting you into the animal kingdom rather than God's kingdom to be a creator, to think about the future. We need to know who our source is. Listen, it's showtime because it's no time. I'm not talking about N-O. I'm talking about K-N-O-W because the flowing is in the knowing. Who's your source? I want to hear his name. He is the answer to anything and everything you'll ever need. He is the great I am. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And some of you are thinking, man, I wish I would have brought my kids or I wish I would have brought my such and such because they really needed to hear about this today. This message is going out to all those wonderful people out there. And we're so thankful that you're listening online because this message is going to help impact people's lives. Now, we need to know how good God is. We need to know how faithful he really is. A new friend of ours was sharing one time that his wife had more of an inspiration of knowing the father better than he did. With all of his theological training, he realized his wife had a closer friendship and understanding of the father's love, being the gardener, than what he did. And at times, you know, back when she was like 17, almost to turn 17, her father ended up dying. It was a horrible thing. It was something he did himself. But the fact is, is that she was left fatherless. But somewhere along the line, she found a scripture in Psalm 68, verse 5. It says, God is a father to the fatherless. And she began to embrace him as her heavenly father. He said, I started learning about her inspiration, her relationship with the father, because one day I was looking through her journal and I saw in the journal that she stayed, said to the father, said, God, father, she said, she worded it that way, father, you see my girls need some clothes. I need some new clothes. Thank you. In Jesus' name. That was it. Just a simple little prayer. She wasn't binding. She wasn't loosing. She wasn't spitting. She wasn't, you know, she was just simply stating a little prayer that was simple. Three days later, a farmer comes up to him and says, say, I had your girls on my heart. I want to give you this gift to give them. It's just a surprise. Let them know God loves them. Here the gift card was to one of the hippest clothing stores in their area. Three days later. Now he was inspired by that. And he thought, man, she knows the father better than I do. At least she knows him more. Because you can't just know about Jesus. You've got to know him. In the same way, the only way you're going to know the Father is coming through Jesus, the Bible says. In John chapter 14, I believe it was verse maybe 20 or maybe 6. Verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So the only way you're ever going to get to know the Heavenly Father, the true heart of the Heavenly Father, the gardener, is through the vine, through the source, and his name is Jesus. So she had grabbed a hold of this fatherhood relationship with the father. A few days later, I don't know how long ago it was now at this time, but he said he was out mowing the yard and his mower broke down on him. It died, gone, kaput, it was done. 
And he was so upset and frustrated. There was a million things they needed to buy. And on the way, they had to go to a wedding that afternoon. And on the way to the wedding, he was kind of complaining, you know, to his wife about his mower dying and all that. And she's like, oh, wait, well, let's just ask the father for a new mower. And he kind of wanted to make some smart remarks. But he thought, well, I'm a pastor. Maybe, why not? So she says this little prayer. Father, you see we need a new mower. Thank you for one in Jesus' name. That was it. Once again, she wasn't binding, she wasn't loosing, she wasn't spitting, she wasn't casting out demons. She was just simply saying a little prayer to the Father with childlike faith. They went to the wedding on the way back home. When they got home right in front of their garage, brand new lawnmower sitting in front of the garage. He looked at her like, did you call someone? Did you tell somebody? She said, I told no one. She was actually shocked herself, so he could tell by just looking at her that she didn't know either how this was going to. They get out of the car. They walk up to the lawnmower. It's got a note on it. It says, Pastor, we thought you could use this or at least find someone who could use it. If not, just call me. It was my mother's. She never used it, and she moved, and we just needed to find a home for it. We just felt like you would at least be able to use it or know somebody that could. And then he left his name. Simple little prayer. But do you know the father like that? Because that was really an eye-opener to her. To him, because when he saw her faith in the Father, he realized, I don't know the Father like she does. And today, my question is, do you know him? Jesus said, I am the true vine. In other words, that means there are false vines out there. There is a lot of them. In fact, they'll tell you some good things. They might even teach you some good morals. They might even teach you about love. But they'll lead to disappointment and discouragement, and they will not lead to life and life more abundantly. The only one that Ken is the source, the great I am, and his name is Jesus. Do you know Jesus today? Philippians 2, 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, referring to Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus said, Outside of me you can do nothing. But listen, in Philippians 4, 13, he says, through me, you can do all things. You know, sometimes the pruner, the gardener, let me clarify, sometimes needs to prune us because we're not producing the kind of fruit or maybe we are producing some fruit and he prunes us. And so sometimes in life, he prunes us and there's nothing wrong with being pruned. Sometimes he asks us to give something up, amen? But Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verses 28 through 30, he says, if you give up anything for my name's sake, whether we're talking about real estate, houses, land, whatever it is, family relationships, some kind of relationships, maybe there's some unhealthy relationships, whatever you give up for my name's sake, I'll give it back to you in this lifetime by a hundredfold and in the ages to come. So when he prunes us in life, and we are going to be pruned at life because sometimes we're not bearing the kind of fruit that he really wants us to bear. And so he asks us to give up something. He'll prune us, and, but he reminds us it's only because I've got this amazing, beautiful picture I want to produce. I want to produce more fruit for you and through you. I remember our pastor, Dr. Jerry Seville, he said when he gave his life to Jesus, he was going into uh, sports cars, racing cars, and he was into classics, and he was into classic cars and bikes, motorcycles. And when he gave his life to Jesus, he gave it all up. And he started preaching the gospel. Years later, somebody came up to him and said, uh, Brother Jerry, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this, this brand new Harley Davidson. He said, oh, no, I've given those things up for Jesus. And he said, well, I believe you've been teaching us how to hear the voice of God. And I believe God told me that I'm supposed to give this to you. Do you question whether I can hear from God? And he said, well, just wait a minute. He goes over into a quiet place and he prays and says, Father, what is, what is this all about? 
And he said, you gave those up for my name's sake. Now I know I can trust you with those things. Those things no longer have you. You can have them. He went back to the person. He said, I've heard from the Father. I'll receive that Harley Davidson. That was one of many hundreds of Harley Davidsons that he's been given, including cars over the years, that he now uses as a tool to reach more people for Jesus Christ. And by the way, Dr. Jerry Seville is coming this August. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap for that? This year is the year of the 50th year of his anniversary, and uh, he canceled all of his appointments. And he decided to travel with Brother Copeland for the entire year and just support him and preach with him. But he canceled all appointments. Thank God, I don't know why, but he actually contacted us and said, I'd like to come to High Point Church. We're the one meeting in this entire year that he's actually doing just to because I think I'm his favorite child in the faith. <laughs> so I thank God for that. But he will be here in August. We'll have more information coming soon. But listen, God is a God that's too much. He's the God that does exceedingly abundantly above more than you can ask or think. My family, some of them have seen his classic cars, his garages full of classic cars and motorcycles that don't have him. They, he has them. In other words, he gives them away freely on a regular basis. He's one of the biggest givers I have ever met in my life. I've been with him in his personal time. I've seen him give away generously to people that he doesn't even know. I have been so inspired by his faith, but it's because he's got Jesus as his source. And he understands that. And there's a deep level of trust between his source and him that they can trust each other. Amen? Are we at that place? If not, Jesus reminds us, listen, in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, the disciples were out fishing. There are some times that people go out, they do their own things, and they're producing no fruit. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene. He steps into the picture, and he says, now you, lay, you put down the nets. Put down the nets, plural. And they caught so much fish. Now, listen, this is backing up. I'm changing the story because I'm getting back to John chapter 6 in just a minute. But he says, listen, this is where you got to put it down. At another point in John chapter 6, this is a moment where he's actually talking to the disciples like do we have any fish do we have any food do we have anything we can give the people and they're like well we've got just a few little fish and a few little loaves but what is that among so many jesus said bring it to me he gives thanks to the father for it and he begins to hand it break it back to the disciples and the disciples hand it out afterwards they brought up 12 baskets how many baskets 12 god is a god is too much they were all full to the fill they were too much there was too much they had eaten in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen nor ear has heard all that God has in store for those who love him. We've got to take the limits off of our thinking and we've got to know God, Jesus Christ, is our source and God has everything that we'll ever need in life. We've got to know him. That's why Jesus said you've got to seek first the kingdom of God, his ways of doing things, then all these other things will be added unto you. What are you turning to that is not Jesus? Today, I challenge you to look real hard on the inside. Why are you choosing those things? Are you feeling discouraged? Brokenhearted over a relationship? You're growing weary? God reminds us that if, you're, if you will keep doing the good and don't grow weary while doing good, you will reap if you faint not. You've got to learn to encourage yourself. You've got to learn to look to the source and let him speak life into you and encourage you. You've got to know he is a great I am, that he'll be whatever you need him to be. But you've got to make sure that you're making the right choice and turning to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 reminds us. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I'll close with this story. 
There is a gentleman who is my chaplain when I was going to seminary a number of years ago. And he was a missionary on the missionary field for years. And every time he ever needed anything in life, whether it's clothes, shoes, anything, he would always go faith shopping. You know what window shopping is? He would go faith shopping. So he'd go somewhere and he'd say, Father, I need a new pair of shoes. I'd like to have these, please, in Jesus' name. Simple little prayer. Again, he would go, if he needed a pair of clothes, like pants or anything like that, he would go lay hands on it or point to it and say, Father, I'd like a new pair of jeans in the name of Jesus. It was simple little childlike faith. And he said always within two weeks, he would always get that item that he asked for or have someone come to him and say, I had you on my heart. I want you to have this gift card or this this money to go buy something for yourself. Always within two weeks, he said, when he trusted God like that. To make a long story short, he became our chaplain, and he started receiving an income that was coming in, a residual income that started coming in. He started receiving a paycheck. And when he received that paycheck, he would actually go start shopping for himself. He thought, well, God has blessed me. He's given me this job. I'll just go shopping and take care of these things now. I'll go buy shoes or buy clothes, whatever I need. And all of a sudden, one day, when he was about to buy another pair of clothes, the Holy Spirit stopped him, and he said these words to him. He said, I miss it when you used to depend upon me. And all of a sudden, the revelation came, and he realized he was losing that trust in the Father. That he wasn't looking to Jesus as his source anymore. He started looking to himself as the source. And he quickly repented in his own heart and changed his perspective and realized, I could become a bigger giver if I use this, the financial income that I'm receiving, to be a blessing to my family on the mission field or do whatever but I can still keep relying upon Jesus as my source to everything I'll ever need. And they went back to that friendship that they once used to treasure and cherish. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Solomon says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It creeps in very subtly. What is it that we're depending upon? What are we relying upon? Are we truly relying upon Jesus Christ? Are we trusting him like we could or should? Do we really believe that he is the source to our everything? Or have you become your own source? Have you started looking to yourself or have you started looking to someone to meet your needs? Because you'll be discouraged if you do. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus, I'm going to ask you to have courage at this very moment. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hands all over this room. If you've been putting your faith, your trust in anything outside of Jesus Christ, today is a great day to put your trust in Jesus or to recommit your trust to Jesus. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happened to you, God has amazing plans for your future. But do you trust him like a child would trust a father that loves him and treasures him? If not, today is your day to say yes to Jesus, who will introduce you to our heavenly father, who will become a father to you. Even if you're fatherless at this time, he will be your father. So I ask if that's you, you've never made the decision to accept Jesus or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus. If you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I've slipped away. I'm not 
following Christ the way that I could or should. I haven't been putting my trust in him like I used to, and I want to come back to him. Or maybe for the first time, I've never even done that, but I do want to know that source. I want to know him, not just know about him. I want to know him today. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, those that are watching online, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus, or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus, would you slip up your hands all over this room right now, just acknowledging I need Jesus in my life. Thank you for your hands that are going up. Any others who are saying, Pastor, pray for me. I need to receive Jesus or I need to recommit my heart. I'm not going to keep turning to distorted foods or food addictions or drugs or alcoholism. I want to know the true love, the true vine. I want to know them today. If that's you, just a moment longer, just slip up your hands and you can put them right back down. Thank you so much for your honesty. And any, anyone others, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me too. I want to accept Jesus or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus right now. Just a moment longer. Anyone else? Okay, let's do this. Let's put a hand on our heart. Let's pray. Those that are joining us online, please pray this prayer out loud with us. In Romans 10, 13, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today is your day for salvation. Jesus is bringing you home today to eternity. Right now, he's gonna meet you right where you're at, in your home, in your car, wherever you're at in the office. He right now is gonna introduce himself to you and then introduce you to his heavenly father, which will give you eternal salvation and eternal hope to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord Jesus. Would you call out to the name of the Lord with us? Join us in this prayer. Those joining us in line, those that are here in person, would you pray this prayer out loud? Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you. Jesus, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying for all my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. I receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. Thank you so much for bringing great listeners today.